0: Welcome to Teaching Restored. I'm Kevin Jones. Julie? I'm
1: Julie Hilliard.
0: Yes, you are. (laughs) And we are so excited to do this. We are both teachers. We teach in different ways and we are just excited to do this overall. And one of the reasons we are doing this show is because we have learned. Well, we learned so much from other podcasts and from other videos about what to teach. There are some incredible shows out there like I don't know what are your favorites Julie who do you what do you listen to
1: because I'm teaching a gospel class right now it's the follow him podcast uh what is it don't miss this um some from scripture central several of the instructors from scripture central so a lot of stuff about come follow me
0: right and so there's a lot of out there on what to teach and some incredible insights and I love it and my wife's addicted absolutely addicted to all of these podcasts and i love it yes you are too <laughs> i think i would be too if i had a little bit more time that i was actually driving around or something but but i'm not but anyways th- we realized that at the same time there's not a lot of shows that talk about how to teach yep. and if you have the content it's, It's not, and I heard this phrase a long time ago, and it stuck with me so much. It's not so much about teaching the content, it's about teaching the people. And so how do we take this content and actually teach people with it? Right, Julie?
1: Isn't it interesting that it becomes so much about relationships in a group? It feels a little bit strange to me to apply all of these, you know, things that we're learning conceptually to a group. Yeah, because usually, you know, you talk about relationship development, it seems like a one on one thing, but you have to take similar principles and apply them to teaching a larger group. And it's right. a hard thing to do. And there are some skills associated with it. I think yes. sometimes we think, oh, they're naturally good teachers. There's there's some skills that are associated with it, some of them that I'm not that good at.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we all have those strengths and weaknesses, right? We, we've seen it. Yeah.
1: It's, I, I think kevin one of the things that i i feel passionately about so as you described why we're doing this um i've had to dig for podcasts that are about teaching but mm. those that i've come across have really in a profound way impacted the way that i teach and they've opened up my eyes to blind spots that i didn't have or that i just things that i couldn't see sure. about how i was teaching that have really helped me in some pretty dramatic ways and it's just literally just a few of them that I've been able to find
0: now. OK, now this this show is all about well, it's all about how to teach, but it's also we need to take it a step further. I think it's not just teaching like we would think of like, I have a calling and I'm going to teach, yeah. right? No, it's it's how to teach as a teacher, maybe in young men's, young women's elders quorum, Relief Society, Sunday School, whatever. That's great. But also it's how do you teach? Blah, 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 yeah, blah. yeah. Yeah. But also, how do you teach as a leader? How do you teach as a parent? How do you teach as a missionary? How do you teach as a member missionary? How do you teach as a friend? I don't know, what else, I mean, we could keep going on on with that.
1: Right, I mean, one of the things when you said parent, I went, well, oh, well oh, because I feel like I can be a halfway decent teacher in some of those other categories, but when it comes to teaching as a mom, I feel like I'm the worst. <laughs> I really do. I feel like I can do the exact same thing that's been (laughs) successful in a classroom setting or with a group of people that I'm, you know, interacting with. And I'm the worst when it's my own children.
0: Right. Yeah. I've done the same thing. I, I have, I have had an incredible lesson at church, and I come home and I want to do the same thing with my family, and I'm (laughs) this. After, I was like, wow, that that just tanked.
1: Well, and my kids have. a little bit of ADD, and so by the end of the day, um, <clears throat> some of their medication is worn off some <laughs> and I literally have a daughter who does gymnastics, and if I let her do gymnastics while we're having come follow me, it goes a lot better. But for some reason, my brain is glitching when I'm trying to do that. I'm like having a gospel discussion <laughs> and I'm freaking out and I'm chasing away the spirit <laughs> where they're all just having a great with them, feeling all the feels and I'm dying inside.
0: Yes, yes. I can't tell you how many times I'm trying to teach something and it's, and it's sit down and listen this is really important the spirit needs to be here <laughs> completely ruin it it's gone
1: we're, we're so effective in our own
0: family <laughs> look a, at that
1: there's sarcasm though, this. yes
0: so that's what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about all of these types of teaching sometimes some episodes will be about Teaching as a parent. Sometimes it'll be teaching as a missionary. Sometimes it'll be teaching as a calling or with young women's or primary or whatever it might be. It's going to be just about how to teach. And it's not And it's not so much of, look at this. Um, I have this object lesson. of, <laughs> You can look at this. Oh, now it's too, you know, we're not going to, it's not quite how to teach like that. Not even close, I don't think so.
1: I I was like, you got the wrong person to be doing this with you. If That's what it's (laughs) going to be about. So I'm glad you clarified that.
0: Now, I do have to say, I'm sorry, Julie. But the reason Julie and I are doing this together is because Julie is one of the best teachers I've seen. Um, Yes, I know you're not going to like that. No. No, 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 no great teacher love i love being in class with julie i do and my wife comes back so you teach uh gospel no not gospel doctrine you keep teach uh institute
1: adult religion class for our stake
0: okay yeah and, and it every- used
1: to be, like I, I was teaching institute at the same time so we used to do institute curriculum for it and now it's the adult religion class for the stake
0: that's great and my yeah. wife and it's during the day so i'm not able to attend much but my wife does. Kelly, she goes and, and she comes back, and goes, oh, we had this best discussion. It was so incredible. And so that's why I chose Julie to come help me with this. So, Julie, if you would introduce yourself, your background and all that good stuff. And again, this is episode zero. This is more of an introduction to everything. We're not going to dive too much into teaching itself, but just as an introduction. Let's do that.
1: When you say episode zero, it makes it sound like it's worthless. So let's call it episode pilot episode beginning are you called the it episode genesis earlier <laughs> <laughs> i Sorry. like that very good okay so really quick introduction about myself i am the mother to three kids right now they are 16 15 and 12 two boys and a girl and my middle son his name is matt he has a genetic disorder called phila McDermott syndrome and so he is a challenge and he's got a lot of challenging behaviors and so definitely um, creates a different dynamic in our family and it's really interesting the reason i bring that up is because i feel like my whole life has been in a way preparation for motherhood um and that's part of i feel like what has made me want to teach is because i have just been in this petri dish of learning in my life as a parent so backing up i always wanted to be a teacher i used to always play teacher because i thought teachers were the coolest and um i just I didn't feel like I was very good at it. And I remember when I was in college, I was working on a degree in psychology and I took a teaching position at the prison. And so I was teaching classes to male inmates. And the goal of those classes was to help reduce the recidivism rate. And you cannot go into an environment like that and be anything but authentic Mm -hmm. and be real and down to earth and talk about the real stuff. They're not going to talk about the fluffy stuff. They will call you on it. And if they don't like you, they're going to let you know it. And so it's one of those things where I think I really learned how to have an honest discussion in a teaching environment because of my work at the prison. And then fast forward, I worked for Dr. Stephen Covey, who's the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And um, my job was to travel with him and to help him prepare his presentations. And at the time, he was working on this book called The Eighth Habit, which is to find your voice and inspire others to find theirs. And he literally habit aided me, if you will. Like through him, <laughs> through that work, I have been inspired to find my own voice and he inspired me in that, in that way. And it was such a beautiful opportunity towards the end of my time with him, every once in a while, he'd give me the opportunity to come up on stage and teach something. And so I felt like he started to trust me and I started to get more comfortable doing that. And then I taught at the university, uh, UVU, um, I taught a seven habits class um, following that. And I realized, oh, my gosh, I didn't really even understand everything that I was ingesting until I actually had to teach it. Sure. And then fast forward several years since then, teaching callings have always been my favorite callings. And it's led to my professional work. I'm a leadership and communications consultant. And so that is teaching, right? And it's led me to do some really fun things. I taught institute for a while um, at PSU, Portland State University, um, and I've been able to just have some really great opportunities, my favorite of which is what I am doing right now in teaching this adult religion class for our stake. I've been doing it for about five years and I hope nobody ever repeats that to anyone that it's been that long because they might get fired. That's good point. It. I love it. <laughs> the best calling I've ever had in my entire life. And just really quickly as I kind of wrap this up, part, my my little introduction up, if you will, cause I don't wanna bore anybody, but to tie it back to the very beginning of what I was saying, I feel like what I learned um, from Stephen Covey, some of the primary principles that I learned from him have been the exact principles that have helped me to keep my head above water and to keep perspective in some really devastating phases of my life with Matt, my son who has special needs. Mm and they have been a guiding force they've been a source of strength they've been kind of a beacon of hope Um, obviously those principles are based in gospel principles and I just have felt so profoundly grateful for the fact that I had these years of learning these principles and now I'm having these years to apply them and they have made a profound difference in my life and teaching is an opportunity to kind of do that same thing for other people. It's such a blessing and it's a super humbling um, experience.
0: I love so. how you focus on teaching itself. I, I I don't know that there are a lot of other people who really are focused on teaching and love teaching. I, I know a lot of people love teaching, but spend extra time learning how to teach.
1: It, it's my my personal mission statement actually comes from this really important learning from Stephen, and it is what has driven me to want to invest so much time into teaching and training and and all of that and it's one word it's the word inspire and it's not because i think oh i want to be an inspiration not at all it's because steven's definition of inspire was to breathe into and it comes from his definition of leadership, which is that your job as a leader is to communicate people's worth and potential so clearly that they're inspired to see it in themselves. And so he's basically saying that our job is to breathe that into other people, breathe their worth and I potential that. Into them so that they can see it in themselves. And that's why I do it. That's why I mean, it mm. literally drives me in my life.
0: That is pretty neat. I love that definition because people it's when so I'm a I, I prof- speak professionally and people yeah. say, well, oh, are you an you know inspirational speaker? And I'm like, well, oh. yeah, but no. But I. I r- well, I mean, it's you know, I'm I try to inspire people to yes. act and, and do things. But I'm not, you know, like, you know, maybe a Tony Robbins type. I mean,
1: it's, well, so I would actually can I give you a different word for that? I would call that motivational
0: because. Well, yeah
1: inspiration comes from within like you can't give someone inspiration inspiration is kind of what they take from the motivation and it turns in them and it becomes something right so are you an inspirational speaker and teacher the answer is right i I hope i mean because (laughs) that's that's what you want to be and i mean if i'm telling you whether or not you are i'm gonna say heck to the yes because you are that i've seen you in more professional settings not as many, you know, church settings at all, but more of your professional work. I've been able to take a, a little bit of a dive into that. So, are you going to tell us about you, Kevin? Where did all of this come sure. from for you?
0: Sure. Okay. So, way back when I was young.
1: Wait, is this like handcart days or is this This is pre-cell phone. This is pre This is
0: yes. This is right. absolutely pre-cell phone. This was actually right like middle school. Middle school, I started to get into to do some plays in middle school. I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. What was that? You're an actor? Well, I, I wouldn't label myself as an actor and as a thespian, but
1: actor.
0: maybe <laughs> I was well, when I was in middle school. That
1: is so bad. Don't even go
0: there. Okay. <laughs> so I did, and I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. So I did some more in high school. And then I did some, there was some comedy in high school. And then I did some serious plays as well, like The Crucible. And then one called I Never Saw Another Butterfly. And it was about concentration camps, about a family in oh. concentration camps. And um, these this Jewish family. And, and it was a really, really heavy movie. I mean, like, so heavy. But by the end, the whole family had died. And the audience was bawling oh and I did that and that was my kind of first taste of wow I can do something that would have that kind of a profound effect on someone that they're in their seats they're crying I'm hearing sniffling and I'm hearing a little bit of sobbing and wow 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 and so one of my mission Ogden Utah not as dramatic as everyone All my friends went to other places, but I went to Ogden and learned how to teach more. And then I got out and I thought, you know what? I don't want to teach, but I want to, you know, be in the business world and train. So I started getting into training and the train and developing training. And that my career just kind of took me that way. Then I started doing consulting then it turned into more speaking. And now I speak professionally, do a little bit consulting, but mostly speaking professionally. One of this, one of the topics I speak on two main topics, one of the Topics I speak on is how to ask good questions, which is has a lot to do. Yeah, it's huge for speaking uh, for teaching overall.
1: It has more to do with teaching than content prep does like questions. I
0: would agree. Yeah,
1: yeah, 100 percent. And that's the part of your work that I've been able to take a dive into that has been so profound to me.
0: It's that's it's it, yeah, it's amazing how much how much time we spend focused on the content and we don't even think about the questions we're going to ask. And, and it's just off the top of our head when that should be it. anyways, that's that's a whole another episode, another yeah, episode. we're going to talk about. Um, I think, yeah, that's a great introduction. That's enough. That's
1: Kevin, so, you know what I forgot to say. Yeah, I served a mission too. Yes, I you did. Acknowledge that. I feel bad when you said your mission. I was like, oh, I forgot to say I served in the Philippines. And that's a little different than Ogden, just a little bit. Slightly. But it was incredible. That was, I mean, hello, talk about shaping in terms of yes. teaching. I didn't even mention that. I feel like.
0: Yeah. I, like, okay. Well, here's one shape. thing that I didn't mention that you did that I, I probably should. Yeah, I have a family. That. You bet.
1: Yeah, you I do. And it's huge.
0: Yeah. The, the family is huge. Yeah. Eight kids. And my wife, I have eight kids, one wife, not multiple.
1: <laughs> She's that wife. That <laughs> wife is incredible. I know that
0: wife. Absolutely. She's pretty good.
1: She's pretty great.
0: Yeah, she is. She is pretty great. And the kids are great, too. And they're right.
1: Oh, great. yeah. First all, I have a husband. Should I mention mentioned that part? Too? <laughs> he's,
0: he's pretty, pretty great, too. I like, he's I love like God. He's, he's, he's a fabulous kind of, guy. Yeah.
1: I kind of dig him. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> Okay, so to wrap up this introduction, this Genesis episode, question for you. What is, tell me a time that has really shaped your teaching that has been really memorable, that has kind of made you who you are in your teaching life, if you know what I mean. Yeah. That was poorly worded, but yes.
1: Okay, but... Poorly worded question is still a valid question, Kevin. Um, I think I understand what you're trying to say. Um, and I will tell you, it's it's kind of interesting. So I have a really bad memory. I'm like Dory from Finding Nemo. And so if you were to ask me, for example, what was my most profound teaching moment, yeah. it would never be a teaching moment where I've done something right. The teaching moments that have actually been the most profound to me have been those where i've done something wrong oh, and sure. I've yes um and so i have one of them um from when i was teaching in prison which is not obviously a spiritual one but it's still i think is applicable and then one when i was teaching institute so super briefly the reason it was so memorable when i was teaching prison is because i was actually scared for my life and i remember mm. going in to i was teaching um at the level just below maximum security for the first part of my time there. And then they decided to do a pilot program and have my teaching partner and I go into um, the mental health division of the prison. They had um, kind of segregated this group of inmates that were struggling with different mental health issues just to see whether or not the content would still make a difference in that setting. And I remember going in several times, we had a good kind of jive going with these guys. And one day I had a wedding to go to. And so I had to postpone class. And I came at the time that I had appointed. I said, you know, it's gonna be an hour late. And I came and I was in the room first and then they brought the inmates in and they were mad, like so mad. And these are men who are known to be a little volatile. One (laughs) of them was in there because he had beaten a taxi cab driver with a club and killed him. And so I knew that these were violent men in their past and i remember getting in there and feeling that and they were like how dare you disrespect us and i'm like what are you even talking about and they're like you said you were going to be here at this time and you weren't there and i'm like but i called i did everything and they're like it doesn't matter you didn't show up we were counting on you and they were so hurt by that It was outside of my control. They had to call SWAT in, they had to evacuate us. Like it ended up being this huge, messy thing, which was actually quite terrifying. And it was the only time when I was inside the prison that I ever felt scared. And I remember going back and thinking about that and I'm like, you know, just showing up for people. That was one of the learnings is a really, really important thing. If you are a teacher, For your kids you've got to show up for them you've got to be showing up for them they are counting on you it's also the same with your other classes like you've got to be consistent and the fact that it was outside of my control i could have made every excuse in the world the other learning was that excuses don't really count and so you just have to i had i explained i showed as much love as i could they welcomed me back the next time you know i just kind of had to make up for it, so it was kind of an interesting thing about wow, people are really counting on you to show up. And then the second one, I was teaching at Portland State, and I was sharing a personal experience. And the personal experience was pretty near and dear, is about one of my closest friends who had been um, abused. And as I was sharing this story, um, I said that she had been the victim of some abuse, and um, this girl in my class got so upset with me and Mm. she's like, how dare you call her a victim? She's a survivor. And you know, that is so offensive to me. And she really like yelled at me in front of this whole class and was so upset. And, I recognized what she was trying to say and I wanted to explain to her. I'm like, but she's still in the middle of it. Like she's not a survivor quite yet. She is broken. She is hurting. She is aching. And it's not anything of her own doing. And I wanted to like defend the story and help her understand why I phrased it that way so that she would be less offended. And she couldn't hear anything I was saying. And she got up and she walked out and she never came back to class. And I was devastated. I'm like, what kind of a teacher am I if I literally have chased this woman away. She was like, I thought we had a great relationship. It was so Mm. devastating to me. And the thing that was so profound that I learned from that, I don't actually think that I necessarily did something intentionally wrong. I didn't. I know I didn't. I know that my heart was in the right place and we can't control how other people receive what it is that we're sharing. We have no control over that. All we can all we can control is ourselves. Right. We can control the words that we choose, we can control all that. And we're going to be like tripping all over ourselves and freaking out if we're constantly worried about the words that we use and saying, "We just have to focus on our intent. We have to focus on that and trust that the spirit's going to be there." And then we can't take it on. And that was one of the things that I really had to come to understand because of that, because I wanted to take it on. I wanted to track her down. I wanted to chase her. I wanted to explain myself. But that I felt so strongly that that wasn't mine to take on. And so from those kind of experiences, I feel like I've learned so much, but they were from my mistakes. And so I guess that what the point that I'm trying to make is that oftentimes our errors and the things that we do wrong can be the most instructive and the most helpful in shaping how we move forward.
0: Right. So. I love those. I love and, and I completely agree with that. I once did a um, uh, I, I spoke at a conference and the title was something like how to fail at a oh, serious particular topic. Yeah. The room was packed standing yeah. room only just from the title because everyone was having a hard time with it and they wanted to know okay, I'm not alone. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and okay, I can learn from your failure. I can you learn from me, you can learn. from Absolutely. I love that, Julie.
1: I mean, feedback is the breakfast of champions. And sometimes the feedback comes in the form of, you know, somebody being upset with you. That's still feedback. Yes. Like that is, that is so valuable. And I love that you taught about failing because I do think that's validating. And anyone who's listening yeah. to this, I hope that they know they are not alone in messing it up sometimes. Yep. Like keep doing it. You keep trying.
0: Yep. Yep. What even about if you've you? Done it a million times, even if it's a million times, you'll still fail yeah. somewhere in there. It's going to happen.
1: Oh. OK, sorry. I like jump the gun and I'm like, what oh. about you? I want to know your story. Oh, what's been the most memorable, most impactful? teaching yeah.
0: moment for you. one so one of the most impactful was when I was young men's president a long time ago and and we were doing this missionary week with the young men and everything all these things leading up to it and it was the last day of doing it and we had in the church we had different stations that they would go and teach a particular principle to in companionships and they went around and did that and it was really it was really moving for them they they learned a lot and so we did a debrief afterwards and I remember having them in this room and before this my I remember my uncle saying we were just casually talking about something else and he said when you can he said this is something that I've missed for years and I don't know how I missed this but when you can point out that the spirit is there Oh, yeah. Recognize the spirit, right? And so we were doing this debrief, and these boys just had this incredible experience going around teaching and, you know, different different types of people. And so we get into this debrief, and I asked, well, we could feel this. I mean, the spirit was definitely there. And I said, everyone stop for a minute. Do you feel the spirit? And there's this one boy who... He he was a little bit harder, I would say, a little bit. Uh, I, I don't want to He wasn't difficult. He was just a little bit standoffish overall in the Beautiful. corner. Yeah, he had walls up. Right, Okay. He had a tear coming down and he was like, yeah, I feel it. And that was just and with the spirit being there. That was incredible. And then I've learned since then that another question to follow up on that is what is the spirit telling you to do? Or, what is it that Spirit testifying to you is true? Right. And, but it's those kind of questions for me that when I ask those questions, and it's not so much me teaching as it is just asking a question, and they get to be taught by the Spirit. And I, I, I have to allow that to just happen, stand back, because that's where the profound teaching actually comes in is letting the Spirit do the teaching. So, that's so that was what, one of my most memorable, uh, profound teaching experiences. It's not even me teaching,
1: <laughs> well, but it is actually because in this is part of what I assume we'll talk about at some point in some episode is the idea that you made space for the spirit, like I think we're sometimes mm-hmm. in such a hurry that mm-hmm. we almost bypass that. And so what a beautiful thing that someone you know, said that to you and you're like, oh, forefront and then And here it is. And you know what I mean? What a blessing you do have to make space for it. I mean, if I can share one tiny experience, one time I failed at that. I was on my mission and we had family prayer with this family and man, the spirit was totally there. And I immediately started talking. Sure. And so when (laughs) we left, my companion turned to me and she's like, Julie, you literally talked right over the spirit. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, did. She's like, yeah. didn't you feel that? And I'm like, I did. And then I was anxious and I started talking and she's like, you can't do that. And it was so profound to me. Mm. And so when you talk about it, you know, I think of it more as like just leaving space. Don't be so anxious to get your point across. You talk over the spirit. Yes. Speaking.
0: Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. And I think I it's incredible that. that Heavenly Father uses us to teach his gospel and we're not good at it. <laughs> or, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's not who I would hire. That's for sure. <laughs> I would not hire right. me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, All of us feel that way, right? For right. sure not. And yet he does. He does. So somehow, some way Incredible. we either become equal to the task or he compensates. And I think that's actually the role of the spirit is to fill in all those gaps.
0: Yes. I do too. Okay, so this is it. this is great. This is the kind of stuff we're gonna be talking about. You've had little glimpses of all of this, um, little some of the topics and some of the kind of the chit chat back and forth. But I hope to be. We hope to be able to help many people learn how to teach more, better, it's more good. better. That's it's more a real better.
1: thing. Yeah. you are so good.
0: Yeah. All right. Thanks, Julie. Uh, look forward to more of this. Okay. Bye. Take care.